This morning we invite you to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. The Gospel of John, chapter 1. We'll be reading the first 18 verses of this chapter. John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. John begins, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of this portion of his word. We have been given four gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And each of these Gospels give us the account of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. They give it to us from that of different angles. Just as an author or, or, or several authors may write on a subject and as they would write upon the subject, they would give that of uh, their angle upon that of how that they see the subject. Well, this is what the writers of the gospel have done. They, by the Holy Spirit, has given us the angle that God desired for us to have in that of the gospels which are before us. The gospels are the inspired word of God, just like all of the books 66 books of the Bible are the inspired word of God. Yes, there are some differences in the Gospels. Different accounts given in various Gospels and some that are the same. But we would say to you that all of the four Gospels are indeed the inspired word of God. Matthew portrays the Lord Jesus as the son of David the heir of Israel's throne, the king of the Jews, 
And everything in his gospel contributes to this central theme. Matthew presents Christ as king. As king. In Mark, Christ is seen as the servant of Jehovah. The servant giving his life a ransom for many. Luke treats of the humanity of Christ. Humanity of the Savior presents him as the perfect man, contrasting him from the sinful sons of men. John presents the Lord Jesus as the heavenly one. Come down to earth, the eternal son of God. Eternal son of the Father made flesh and tabernacling amongst men. In the verses which we have read to you, verses 1 through 18 of John chapter 1, we have what is known as the prologue of the Gospel of John. It is a foyer or an entryway into the Gospel of John. In this foyer, John presents a thesis. And that thesis is that Jesus is the Christ, the eternal Son. At the very end of the Gospel of John, John tells us his purpose in writing the Gospel and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So John tells us at the end of the writing of this gospel that his purpose has been to prove that Jesus is the Christ, the, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you might know that you have eternal life. Jesus is the Christ. That is, Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed of God. That Jesus is the Son of God, the eternal Son of God. That believing you might have life through his name. My subject this morning is the word became flesh. The word became flesh. Now our focus text this morning will be verses 1 through 3 of this first chapter and then verse number 14. And we'll read those verses for you once again. Beginning with John chapter 1 verses 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then skipping down to verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In the beginning was the word. The Word. 
It comes from the Greek word magos. The word has a large semantic range of meaning. Just like our English words sometimes will have various meanings. Some words may just only have one meaning, but normally there's several meanings. Likewise, also in the Greek, there are several meanings many times are given for that of a word, the way that it's used. In some cases, this word in the Holy Scriptures means exactly what we're saying, a word. It means a word. It may express the related meaning of a saying. It is used to express the idea of divine revelation in the New Testament. But what we would like to draw your attention to is, is that in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, and verse 13, Jesus himself is called the Word of God. The Word of God. It says, and he was clothed with a vesture, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The one who John declares unto us here in our text, in the beginning was the Word, is none other than that one who is spoken of over in the book of Revelation chapter 19 and verse 13. None other than that of Jesus. Jesus Christ. You note here that the word is spoken of as being in the beginning. In the beginning was the word. There are various beginnings that are spoken of in Scripture. There is the beginning of the world. There's the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's the beginning of sorrows. There's the beginning of miracles that the New Testament speak of. As we look at that of our text, the question that immediately comes to that of the forefront as we consider this first phrase, in the beginning was the word, is what beginning is being spoken of here in our text? The beginning that is spoken here in our text is one that perhaps is familiar. Familiar from that of a passage that we know that begins that of the Holy Scriptures. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning. The beginning spoken of there in Genesis chapter 1 is the beginning of creation. It's the beginning of time as we know and that of creation itself. Prior to that beginning that is spoken of there in Genesis chapter 1 and 1, 
really we don't know anything about. Really, we can't even comprehend. For the period of time prior to that of the end, the beginning of Genesis chapter 1 is that of what we might describe as eternity past. Prior to that of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You'll note there in that very first verse that Moses, who is the author of Genesis, that he does not attempt to give us an explanation of God, that of his existence, where he came from. God is not explained there in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. It merely says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The God that Moses speaks of there in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 was in, the, in, the, in existence prior to that of the creation because he is the creator of that which was created there in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. John, as we come to John verse 1 and Verse chapter 1, verse 1, John tells us, in the beginning was the Word. Or we could word it this way, in the beginning existed the Word. Now let me ask you, do you realize what that means. As we have spoken about that of the word here already, and what John means by the word, which is none other than that of Jesus Christ, which we'll understand more fully as we get on into our message this morning. Do we understand that what we're saying here when we say in the beginning was the word, we're saying that in the beginning that Jesus Christ was there in the beginning. In the beginning was the word. What does John tell us over in verse 14 of John 1, 1 or John 1? He tells us, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word undoubtedly here in John is set before us as that of the word manifested in the flesh in verse 14. But back in chapter 1, verse 1, he is presented to us by John as the one who was in eternity at the beginning of creation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word existed with God. Now what is implied here is, is that the word here 
is that of the words personality. Beloved, what who, John here is speaking of that of a person under that of the title, the word. As we read over in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 13, that of the one who was riding the horse, his name was the word of God. The word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. It speaks here of the very fact that he was in the presence of God. The word was with God. Not in God. The word was with God. John tells us. And another thought that's found here is, is that there was that of fellowship. Fellowship between the two. Now if we look back over in Genesis chapter 1 and we look down later further on down into Genesis chapter 1 to where we have that of the creation of man. It says, it says, let us make man in our own image. Let us. As Don pointed out, we have a plural pronoun there. In Genesis, we have, beloved, God. God. And the three members. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our own image. In our likeness. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. So in verse number one, we have John telling us that the one that he speaks of here as the Word, that he is none other than that of God. God. The eternal God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything that was made, made that was made. All things were created by Him. <clears throat> by who? By God? By the Word? Over in Colossians chapter 1, if you'll turn there with us. Colossians chapter 1. And in verses 15 and 16, we read with regards to that of Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. 
For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in, on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Beloved, all three members of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they had a part in that of the creation of the universe, the world in which we live in. And John here, in that of our text, tells us that the Word, the Word was in the beginning. He was with God and He was God. Creator of all things. Looking over to verse number 14 of our passage. John tells us, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We have the eternal God in the beginning of John. The eternal Son of God. The Word. And now as we come to that of verse 14, John gives us the eternal Son of God come down from that of heaven. Cadillacling amongst us. In that of human flesh. And the Word was made flesh. All those passages that we read this morning from that of Matthew and from that of Luke. They speak, beloved, of that of the birth of Christ. And as we said in Matthew, we have Matthew presenting him as king. And we have the genealogy given to us there in that of Matthew's account in chapter 1. And that genealogy, as we've made mention to you, it goes from that of Jesus Christ back to that of David back to that of Abraham. Christ is presented as king as royalty in Matthew. In the Gospel of Luke he's presented as that of the Son of Man and if you remember we told you there was a genealogy in Luke chapter 3, and we told you there was a difference between the genealogy that is found in Matthew and the one that is found in Luke. And the biggest difference that we would draw your attention to at this point is, is that Matthew goes back to Abraham, but Luke goes back to that of Adam. So we have that of Jesus in Matthew, the son of David, the son of Abraham. In Luke, 
we have Jesus, the Son of Man, going all the way back to the Valley. Tracing the genealogy of Christ. In Matthew, we have these words. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. If you remember the account there in Matthew chapter 1, you remember that the focus is upon that of Jesus and His birth by the Virgin Mary. Fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Shall call His name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. Well, John tells us all about that. As he declares the Word as being in the beginning with God and God, And taking on the form of human flesh. In verse 14. And the Word was made flesh. And He dwelt among us. He dwelt among us. John here is the author of the Gospel. John is writing as an apostle of Jesus Christ. A witness of Jesus Christ. He says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He walked in our midst. God manifested in the flesh. And he says, We beheld His glory. As of the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Yes, the Apostle John and all the other apostles, they beheld his glory. Not only did the apostles behold his glory, there were three that especially beheld his glory there on the, on, on the Mount of Transfiguration. But they beheld him as he healed the blind, gave them sight as he healed the lame so that they could walk, as he gave those who were deaf the ability to hear, those who could not speak the ability to speak, as he, beloved, raised the dead. As he stilled the storm. Ah, oh, beloved, the apostles, they beheld, they beheld his glory. I'm reminded of that account there of the stilling of the storm 
And at the very end of it, where Peter said to the Lord, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. That was after Jesus had stilled the storm. God dwelling amongst rebels, those who had rebelled against Him, come from heaven, taking on our flesh to be our Savior, to die on our behalf, to pay that of our sin debt. We beheld His glory. Over in 1 John, In chapter 1, verse 1, John begins this first epistle with these words, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Note here what John says of this one. He describes him. He says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. We heard him. We've seen him with our eyes. We've looked upon him. And our hands have handled. The word of life. Imagine. Imagine being in His presence. Hearing Him. Seeing Him with your eyes. Handling Him with your hands. The very God in human flesh. The only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. As you read those passages of the birth of Christ, the Virgin Mary, and that of Joseph, (coughs) the babe. That babe was the very Word of God. God manifested in the flesh. She nursed him. She cared for him. (coughs) It's hard to imagine. The eternal Son of God come in flesh. I'd ask you this morning, You know this one? (coughs) Have you any room for Jesus? Jesus came here to earth and there was no room in the inn for Him. 
Do you have room for Him? Will you receive Him today as your Savior? It would say to you that He is the only Savior. Alright, on the back of your bulletin, if you have one, if you don't have one, there's more on the back table. We have a hymn that we'd like to end our service with today. Let us stand.
as we end our services for today. I'm going to ask Brother Dan if he'll lead us in the closing word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we bow once again to praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful, wonderful word that we've heard this morning, Lord. Lord, rejoicing, Lord, in our Savior that was, Lord, that thou had condescended to come to this earth in flesh. Lord, that thou ever, Lord, make intercession for us as the Son of Man, the Son of God. We praise you and thankful, Lord, this wonderful, wonderful gift to us. Lord, as we think of the wonderful light that came into the darkness. Lord, how that we can do but our hearts rejoice as, Lord, that even our own dark hearts of sin, yet Christ's light shined. And, Lord, we were quickened and made alive. We praise you and thank you, Lord, for such a Savior this morning. Pray, Lord, that we may be good vessels, Lord, used for thy honor and glory. Lord, as this, end, this year ends, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you might bless the coming year. Pray, Lord, that you would bless us. Give us strength as only you can. For we know that Jesus is divine, yet we are the branches. But we know, Lord, that we can do nothing without him. We praise you and thank you for the Savior that gives us our very strength, even in, Lord, our own beliefs. We praise you and thank you, Lord, for the faith that you give us. May you bless, Lord, your people. Pray, Lord, for our own children, Lord. That, Lord, we pray, Lord, that heavy in our hearts at times that don't know thee as well, Lord. We lift them up in prayer, Lord, that you might. Uh, be gracious unto them, we pray. Pray, Lord, now we thank you for the day you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for the hymns that we can sing that glorify thy name. We praise you for our time together. Bless each one, Lord, and their families, we pray, as we enjoy, Lord, this holiday of thanking of thee and praising you for the wonderful gift, Heavenly Father, you give us, and for the blessings through Christ. We ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you.